Hello everyone, I'm Mallory and the Pod Squad and I are so glad you're joining us today. We have a phenomenal guest on the show, Young Gores, joining us on the podcast. She's a dear friend and the funnest person in my phone contacts and (laughs) Young, you're seriously just one of my spiritual heroes. So I'm so glad you're here. We really appreciate it. And you have an adorable family. You have two kids and a husband that I know you adore, and I love how much fun you guys have together. Um, For the listeners, one of my favorite young fun facts (laughs) is that she's an avid karaoke enthusiast, Mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, if you're Asian, you grow up with one. Like, I've had one since I was six years old. A karaoke machine? Yeah, like my whole life, and I have like three at home right now. Oh, so if anyone needs one, let me know. (laughs) I'm serious, I'm giving away some. I love it. I'll check your offer up page. Um, Well, very cool. I'm glad that your karaoke career is going well, but we really appreciate you being here and preparing a lesson for us. We can't wait to hear what you have to share with us. So, take it away. Thanks, Mallory. Well, I'm really thankful to be here with you guys, and I wanted to take some time before I get into my lesson to dedicate this to any woman, any sister, any friend who feels like this season of life is more of like a desert than a super bloom season, Mm. where spring has not sprung, Mm -hmm. where you haven't washed your face in days and can't stop apologizing, Mm. where you're barely getting by and not daring greatly. And you can't find a tribe or a squad to belong to. It seriously feels like maybe we're more of the Proverbs 14, one woman tearing her house down than the Proverbs 31, wife of noble character. Mm, So I just want to say I'm with you. I feel you. You're not alone. And that's why I love this woven podcast so much. It's a great reminder as women, sisters, wives, friends, we are woven together in Christ. So one of the things I want to talk about is just facing the unknown. And an interesting technique that people use to understand their relationship with themselves or others is called the Chahari window. Mm. So it has four quadrants or four parts to it. The top part is um, on the left side represents things that you know about yourself and others know about you. It's called Mm -hmm. arena or what we could say is our strengths. To the right of that is what's known to others but not known to yourself. And those are called our blind spots or our weaknesses. Maybe we're not in touch with it, but other people see it and we don't. And the top, the bottom left quadrant is known to yourself, but not to others. And that's called the facade. It's a, it's like the front we put on mm-hmm. to impress people so they know, um, they think they know us, but we really know ourselves better. Right. And finally, the white quadrant represents what is not known to us and not known to others, called the unknown. Mm. And I believe, like, the unknown is a place where God lives and he reigns. Yeah. God uses the unknowns of our life to reveal and illuminate the unknowns of our own character. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about facing the unknowns in our lives. So th- ask yourself, as a woman, how do I deal with it? When I can't understand, fix, or control, what is my first response? Mm. I put two choices before you. I'm sure there's more, but I put two before you. You respond with fear or with faith. Right. Fear says to you, girl, it's on you. You need to figure it out. Faith says, God's got you. Right. Just trust in him. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the unknowns as I look back at my life, my journey with the unknowns. When I was four years old, my parents illegally escaped Vietnam and came to America, and we were refugees. That was a big unknown in right. my life. 
The unknown of leaving home from a small farm town of Oxnard and coming to a big city like San Diego for college. Mm. The unknown of even leaving college my senior year to pursue a job in L.A. and then moving across the country to the foreign land of Boston. (laughs) West Coast to East Coast was so shocking to me. Also, the unknown of moving back to San Diego and finishing school after three years of taking a break and meeting the man of my dreams and wondering if I was worthy or lovable in a relationship. Fast forward, the unknown of marriage of almost 15 years. And how can you love someone so passionately and it passionately ache your heart at the same time? And now into motherhood, I do have two adorable kids that I love so much. But how could these two humans consume my heart embolden my mama bear and yet make me feel so vulnerable right we all go through seasons of uncertainty and god is leading me through one of those times right now Mm. and i did not respond with faith i felt miserably i caved into fear Mm -hmm. so i actually feel really humbled being asked to do a lesson because i don't feel like i'm at the top of my game it's more like i'm in the middle of it all right right now right but i feel like this is god's opportunity to reveal to me the things i need to learn about myself Mm -hmm. so this lesson is really just me going through the process and sharing it along with you guys love it so in december of just a couple months ago my husband john came home And he had talked to one of his mentors about being really overwhelmed and stressed out with the current role of leading a region and wanted to step down and maybe take a lesser role. We do feel called to be in the ministry, but he felt really burnt out. Right. And it was affecting him and us and our family. And I think if someone you love is stressed out, they're feeling a lot. As women, we automatically take on their stress and pressure. So on the one hand, I really admired his courage and humility to ask for help and to share what he was going through. But the other side of me, I was so afraid of his decision and how it could impact our future and our family. Right. I was eerily calm when he came home and I asked him, did you just give away our job? Mm. Fear washed over me and I totally bathed in it. I panicked to myself. I freaked out. Thoughts at like, are we going to have a job? Are we going to be demoted? Where will we live? Right. What about the kids and their school? How about our friends that we love so much and the community that we've built in where we live? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a very human side is what will people think? Right. You know, are there going to be narratives floating around as to why we're taking a step down? Right. So I have to say the entire month of December, I epically failed in trusting God. I fretted. I fought. I cried privately and embarrassing publicly. I felt really unwound. Mm -hmm. You know, what was I afraid of? I had to ask myself, what was I afraid of? What fear was keeping me captive? Mm -hmm. Because I look back, I'm a refugee from Vietnam, and I fear this more than that. Mm -hmm. God has taken me through challenges and has led me to safe waters. I trusted in all things God would work those things out for my good, and I've seen evidences of God's love for me. Yet I was unsettled. I was petrified by the process. Mm -hmm. The emotional pain involved, and plainly, I was just fear of just not knowing. Right. Because many of my girlfriends would say, what are you afraid of? And I think it was just basically just not knowing, not being in control. Mm -hmm. I wanted to skip to the ending of the movie and know where God was leading me. Right. I wanted control. And here's how I felt. In Jeremiah 17.5, it talks about a person being cursed if they relied on themselves. And I felt cursed. By my own insecurities. I felt double-minded, tossed back and forth with waves of doubts like James 1, 6 described. 
I felt like Romans seven fifteen. I was warring with my mind and spirit, allowing my feelings to lead me to do the things I hated. Mm. I was worried. I was being combative, and my old sinful nature came out. Mm. Why? Because I was out of control, and I was afraid of the unknown. Mm. So a turning point came a few Sundays ago. I was really struggling with God, really fighting with him. I knew I would not be able to take communion and honor Jesus if I didn't resolve with God. Mm. And this is like the one, like one of the few times in my life where I felt like I can't take communion. Mm. I'm so struggling with my pride. I cried and I wrestled and said, God, I don't want to surrender to you. I don't like what's going on. I'm really mad and I'm really sad and I feel helpless. I feel like it's all on me and I just can't hold it together anymore. God help me on ungluing. Yeah. And it's very rare that I feel this way with God, but it was such a wrestling match between me and him. Mm -hmm. And I was closing my eyes and I was praying to him. I was crying. But in the middle of it, it was really amazing. God gave me the most beautiful and comforting image in my mind of our relationship. In the image, he was wrapping his arms around me. As I, as I was wrapping my arms around John and my kids. Mm. See, I feel so responsible to keep it together for everyone that the weight was crushing me. Right. And God was trying to show me, like in Genesis 15, 1, where he talks to Abraham and calls him out of his tent and says, I am your shield and your great reward. God was trying to remind me, young, I protect you. You don't need to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I take care of you. You don't need to take care of yourself. I protect John, Imani, and Aiden. You don't need to. I'm your shield and your great reward. It's okay. I got you. And I think from that point, I felt so peaceful and surrendered, just being reminded by God himself that Mm -hmm. he was the one that was going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me think of this quote that I really love by this French philosopher. And he says, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Not that my situation has changed, but I think God really changed my perspective in facing the unknown, Mm -hmm. which takes me to my second point is facing the unknown with faith. You know, in Genesis 12, one, the Bible says, the Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land. I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed because of you. God tells Abram to leave. What? Leave your family, your relatives, your country, and go somewhere? But I'm not going to tell you till you get there? That's super hard. God put John and I in a spot where we didn't know what we were going to be doing. We didn't know where we are going to live. But he would take care of us. And that was so hard for me. I know he would take care of me, but what are the details? However, God didn't give Abraham any of these details. All he told him was that he would bless him and that he would be a blessing to others. Again, no details, no timeline, no schedule, no location. Just go. And I think you guys can relate to me. Like when women, we don't have the timeline in front of us. It freaks us out. Totally. In Genesis 12, 4, it says, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Wow. And I really admire that Mm -hmm. about Abram. He didn't have those details, and he just went as God told him. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it, he was living in Ur, and God asked him to go to Haran, which was 600 miles. It took months to travel there and travel from Haran to Canaan. 
That's another 500 miles. Mm -hmm. He literally walked from modern-day Iraq, which is Ur, to modern-day Turkey and Canaan with his whole entourage. Wow. That's insane to me. The entire time God prospered Abram. God was true to his word. And like he said, he did bless him. Mm -hmm. We know the end. God will take care of us. But it's through the unknown that God reveals our character. You know, ask yourself, what is God revealing to you about your character as you are in the unknowns of your life? Mm -hmm. What is he revealing about your faith and your trust in him? God exposed more than anything my pride. My pride in thinking I can rescue others, Mm -hmm. extending myself beyond what I could emotionally handle because I feel like it's expected expected of me not inviting input in my life because I think I've have have it figured out because of my past experiences instead of talking to God Mm -hmm. and I think in it it was really painful and sobering and I was really disappointed in myself because I saw how I how entitled I had become with God Mm -hmm. because I didn't get my way Mm -hmm. and I think through my life and what God has done I think I really lost sight of that yeah he's taking me through all this journey but he doesn't have to but because he loves me, he continues to. But that doesn't mean I deserve it just because I'm his daughter. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful that God is so gracious through this process. Right. Which takes me to Psalm 16. And, and I'll share with you a few lessons I've learned from that. Psalm 16.1 says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I save the holy people who are in the land. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. And it makes me think, think about the gods in our lives, ladies. For me, it was the security of knowing, of being in control, of being able to give my kids the answer of where we'll be going. The God of just making sure that I can be strong when my husband needs me when I really wasn't. Right. And it continues in verse 5. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delighted inheritance. Mm. You know, God is the one who makes us secure. And he doesn't fix everything. God makes us secure because we have a deep conviction that he's present in the unknown. Mm -hmm. God and not people are the one that makes us secure. And I really appreciated this scripture of reminding me that my life has fallen in pleasant places because of him. Mm. So here are the lessons I've learned so far. As I said, I'm still in this journey. In the unknown is in the process process of facing your fears and feeling the pain that you grow in your faith. You can't surpass the fear and pain and jump to growing a faith. Mm -hmm. You won't be shaped or grow by avoiding the pain. Mm -hmm. So face your fears. You have to feel the pain. You have to and see your character revealed. Mm -hmm. Number two, understand that the fears and pains can actually strengthen your faith. Allowing God to transform you in the pain is how you come to greater faith. Three, the unknown is a catalyst for change. So don't be afraid of it because it forces us to trust in God and not in ourselves. Mm -hmm. The unknown reveals what we really believe in. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, that which God doesn't reveal reveals in us which God could not see. Sisters and those listening, here's what I leave you as the next steps. Number one, face the fears that you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. Identify it. Look at it. Shake hands with it and ask yourself, what is it that I fear? Is it failure or just not being in control? Mm -hmm. Or are you afraid that God would not come through? And where does that come from? Mm -hmm. 
Two, feel the pain. Pain in the process of growth. What is that feeling? Is it familiar? Or is it like an old wound that God is trying to help us see? Sit in it for a few days. I think in our society, we're so hurried. We're mm-hmm. so hurried to move on to the next thing. So right. I really suggest sit in it for a few days and allow God the time to transform your character mm-hmm. and your pain. You know, I really love Jesus. And the Bible says it everywhere that if we want to grow into his likeness, we will have to suffer like him. Mm-hmm. Number three, forge your faith with the things seen. I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive or contradictory because faith is in the unseen. Right. But sometimes your faith can be forged when you go see God in nature. Mm-hmm. You can see God mm-hmm. in nature, at the beach, hiking trails, whatever helps you to see him. Mm-hmm. Find him in your conversion story and in the people who have changed their lives because of him. Go fight it out with God. It may be awkward, but don't give up until you connect with him. Mm-hmm. Again, take the time to surpass the awkward feelings with God until you connect with him. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to leave you, and I hope that helps. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. Oh, yes. No, that was awesome. And I love even the questions you posed at the end because yes. I think they're very revealing and, and good ones to consider as we study this further, I, I had a couple more follow-up questions. Yeah. So I think when we as women are faced with circumstances that are overwhelming or mm-hmm. scary, like you mentioned, it can kind of trigger the fight or flight response. Yeah. But I feel like for me and maybe for some others, there's like a third response. It's what like fight, flight, or assume the fetal position and do nothing. <laughs> And I think it comes from, like, you know, I can get self-protective. Like, you know, when I'm scared, I just I just get overwhelmed, and I don't even want to engage spiritually or go there with God or lean in. Um, what would you say, you know, and that I think that can happen for different reasons, mm-hmm. like anger, like frustration, anxiety, or even just panic. But what would you say to help those that fall into this category that, that do have a hard time leaning into God during the unknown? Well, it's interesting that you call it the fetal position because I think we do uh, feel really helpless. Right. I think what you're saying is what what do we do when we feel helpless? Like we're a child again that can't figure out how to get out of this pit. Right. And I think uh, it really speaks to the fact of being comforted. When kids, I mean, I have kids, you have kids. When they're literally in the fetal position, what they need is to be held, right. to be reassured, right. to be listened to, to be touched. And I think that's what God yearns. He yearns to help us when we're feeling helpless Mm because he's ultimately he's our helper. Mm -hmm. And if there's any name that God prizes more than anything is being our father. Yeah. And you know that because in Luke 11, Jesus says, father, Mm -hmm. hallowed be your name. And it's the first time he introduces that concept that God isn't just all these magical things. God is that intimate. He's your dad. He wants to take care of you. So I would say for, for when we feel that way to remember that God's your dad, he wants to comfort us love us in our toughest, most helpless moments. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't discourage that. Sometimes you need a good cry. Mm -hmm. Maybe it stays. Sometimes it's years. But in it, just allow God to take care of you and comfort you. Right. I love that. And even that he takes us right where we're at, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe we're just going to take that first little step. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, we don't take enough time to think about what comforts us. mm -hmm. And so when we are in these unknowns, we, we get scared and we fight and people, it could be misread for many things. Mm-hmm. You're so emotional or you're so stoic. Mm-hmm. We are human. And I think that's the beauty in it is that we go through these pains, but take time to think to yourself when you're in that position of helplessness, what would comfort you? 
and help yourself as well. Definitely. No, I think that's great and super helpful. What, what you're describing really is incredible. And obviously, like you mentioned, a lot of us, we want to skip the pain and just get the growth, you know, and develop yeah. the faith and, and just have that magically appear. Um, totally. But it doesn't come without, you know, strength doesn't come without resistance, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you're describing is incredible, but it, it requires a lot of courage, especially in the unknown. What makes you brave? Well, I definitely don't feel brave right now. I love the word. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that's a really good question. It makes... I was listening to something and or read this somewhere, but it says, what makes us weak makes us beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think um, with what's going on in our world right now, women empowerment, things, systemic things getting exposed, we think strength comes from being loud, right? Um, fighting for our women's rights and what no one should tell us what to do with our bodies mm-hmm. and all these things that are trending right now. But I think we are missing the point of what it means to be a woman in God's church, a woman in societies that mm-hmm. strength does come from weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can embrace that, that makes us brave. I think right. bravery isn't just ignoring your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I think it takes way more courage to face your weaknesses fears and ask God to help you and share right. that with your, your friends. I think right. this time has been a very weak time in my life and I, it's been really hard to receive love in it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm learning about myself is very hard, hard to receive comfort and love from my friends. Cause I'm used to being the giver. Exactly. But I think what's making me brave is just like the friends around me, just mm-hmm. really wanting to love me, support me. Mm-hmm. and being my friend and I think again I love being a woman because we have each other to help us through it mm-hmm. and the more that we can expose our weaknesses I feel like it bonds us in a meaningful way exactly I love that and I think when that's so true because I think when we're feeling fear insecurity different things like that it's not like we just need to be told by God or our others or friends like you're so awesome no don't like no it's good it's revealing it's like no I do have weaknesses I do have yeah. overwhelming circumstances yeah and I don't have to be perfect because God is. Exactly. So there's something kind of freeing in that too. Oh my gosh, that's where I think that's the key of it. That's that's where freedom is to be your real self and have God and people accept you. Mm-hmm. And and really, our friends, the people around us, I feel like want to accept us and love us. Our biggest enemy is probably ourselves. No, like you're being, totally right. Being disappointed with myself is probably the hardest thing. It wasn't how people were responding to me because mm-hmm. I knew God loved me. But it was just accepting, like, gosh, I'm a mess right now. It's hard. Yeah, but you're a really loved mess, which I think is the beauty of all of it. <laughs> thank you so much. Because we're all really loved messes, aren't we? <laughs> yes, thank you, God. But, no, that was really encouraging. And, Young, I really appreciate you just leading our thoughts and sure. kind of refocusing our faith, especially for those of us that maybe are listening that are in one of these patches mm-hmm. of the unknown or maybe are coming up to the unknown. You know, it's right. always kind of, right. you know, going to be part of our lives and we just appreciate kind of the refocus to help us face that with faith. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's encouraging. So thank you for being here. And thank you everybody so much that did tune in and listen to the podcast today. We hope that the word of God in this platform continues to enrich and inspire your life and your love for God. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. We are.